0: Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe D'Amino. On this episode, we talk with health, fitness, and personal development coach, Seisha Rogers. She is an adventure seeker, lover of animals, and most importantly, a mom to two children under two years old. She is a licensed professional counselor and runs a successful online health and personal development coaching program. She helps busy professional women feel confident in their own skin and overcome self-limiting beliefs. After graduate school at the University of Oklahoma, She went straight into her career as a licensed professional counselor and licensed alcohol and drug counselor and found herself moving quickly up the corporate chain. We cover quite a bit in this interview from COVID to her career, parenting a child in the autism spectrum, and so much more. Enjoy this interview.
1: I'm glad that we connected. I I thank you for taking time out today. I appreciate it.
2: I appreciate you. Thank you.
1: You bet. So before we get into your life, I want to kind of cover the last three years, you know, we've gone through quite a thing with COVID and I'm curious how you survived that time and how it subsequently has changed the way that not only you live your life, but the way that you conduct business
2: now. Oh my gosh, it's completely different. So over the past three years, we've actually had a lot of life changes happen. Um, We went full on remote with our business. I actually lost the job that I had been at for 10 years as a therapist. And I had a baby, my first son, uh, during COVID and we had owned a physical location, a brick and mortar gym and we had to close that down. We reopened and then we actually decided to go full on remote. Um, even coming back from business after COVID had happened. And then over the last six of three years, lots of transitions with, with business and life, personal life. I have two kids now, under under two and a half, so it's been quite eventful.
1: Wow, I'd say so. But it seems like in your line of work, with everything opening back up, business would have spiked because people are looking to get healthy, especially after the beginning of the year, you know, mental mm-hmm. health, there's so many things that go into it. Has that been a positive thing?
2: It's been so positive for us. Um, We actually found that we were able to get people so much better results when we went full on remote with our business because we were able to dedicate a lot more time to one-on-one and actually coaching and diving into the mental side of things, personal development, and going to an actual gym was never people's is never the solution. That's only one piece of the puzzle. And so being able to really deep dive into breaking those limiting beliefs, figuring out what has been the problems and the roadblocks to people actually becoming healthy and staying long-term sustainably healthy. And so we've had such a great influx and it's been such a blessing to our household of how many people we've been able to help since we made that transition.
1: You know, I've been kind of curious about those, during this time, during the pandemic that had children, because, you know, they always say Mm -hmm. that when children with the fetuses in the womb, if they hear music and voices and there's a lot of people around them, it increases their intellect. And I would imagine at that time that that would have been the case. So I'm curious, and this is something to be seen down the line, if there will be a level of more um, an uptick in intelligence or, something along those lines that will be a part of these children?
2: So, with my son, he is two and a half now, but he was born right in the midst of COVID during all all the shutdown of everything, May of uh, 2020. Um, He actually, at two and a half, at two, and I noticed this even before two, um, he was diagnosed with autism. So, he is actually on the autistic spectrum, and so many of those things initially, those getting signs and symptoms and things that I would see, they really couldn't determine in the beginning, is it because socially he was not around people or is it, you know, things that are associated more with autism because he has delayed speech, um, his social interaction is really limited. He has a hard time in social situations, but he also never had that opportunity as a child because he was so isolated. We couldn't go anywhere with him. So that's been very interesting um, for us. And then, I mean, now even having, I have a eight week old right now and she's completely different than he was, you know, as a baby. But we've also been able to socialize her a lot more even in the very beginning. So it's been very interesting. So
1: I'm glad I opened that door up. I didn't realize that. And my Mm -hmm. son, uh, his name is Miles. He is 18. He's been on the Autism. From his whole life. I've been in the special needs community since 04. Oh, wow. Yeah, we found out early on in everything you said he had speech delays. In fact, when he was really young, um, I just didn't think he was ever going to talk. He did sign language, um, you know, he had OCPT, every every kind of therapy that you could get, behavioral. um, And uh, the one thing with him that was 100% diagnosable based on his genetics was he was diagnosed with impulse control around three years old. But the only thing that we know definitively after all the tests, after we dismissed you know, Angelman syndrome and Downs and all of those other things, is that he had an extra long piece of chromosomal material on his 23rd, and it related to all of these different delays that he's had consistently in his life. So um, I, I know that world very well. How did you
2: go about getting all the different uh, genetic testing and everything done? Is that something you did through a physician? or
1: it, At that point, it was something that just came out from, uh, I, I think, tests that they had ran on him at the time to figure out okay. what was going on, you know, as far as his chromosomes were concerned. And then after that, it was a matter of taking him into a clinic to say, well, let's see what the official diagnosis is but he's had educational autism spectrum because it opens up the door to more services that are very necessary Mm -hmm. for him. So, uh, but it's been interesting watching him. You know, you get kind of pigeonholed when you're raising a child with special needs. At that time, you're not thinking like a chessboard down the line. So it's interesting to see him segueing into being 18 and getting older and all of those things that go into it. But, you know, I think the one thing that, um, I've, I've, I've realized the only thing that I can honestly be in control of in his life is how well I love him and what I can do for him. But so all these oh, other factors, sweet. you just can't control. It's just out of your <laughs> control.
2: That that is so true. I'm realizing that, and for being a person that's very much in control and like I like to be in control, it's been huh. it's been very challenging, but also re- really rewarding, just getting to see how he's developed. If you don't mind me asking, when did your son start talking?
1: He didn't really start getting into any kind of more vernacular fluidity until he was almost two and a half, three years old. And okay. I remember that we used to have a speech therapist come in the house, and I I literally one time said, just, just please look at me and tell me. If he won't talk, I'll be able to accept that. I just need you to tell me. And she just would always say, he's going to talk one day. Now, he is he, he talks like you can't even believe, like off the charts, you know. And oh, I've always cool.
2: been,
1: yeah, and, and I've always been, my philosophy with Miles has been I always still did things that were on just a regular timeline, even when people might be like, yeah, you probably shouldn't have him ride a bike or do things. I've always gotten him into it. And now at 18, I mean, he can play basketball really well. He plays baseball. He does all these sports. There's all these things. He got a job last summer. Which just totally blew me away. We have an amusement park here, and he has somebody that shadows him. And there's so many things that can be done. Um, and 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 I think a lot of it's mentality too. I think a lot of these kids, if they're fostered in an environment of, they feel like they can do it. I think there's 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 mm-hmm. so many levels of overcoming that can happen.
2: Oh yes, I. I agree with that. We try to hold him back whatsoever, but he's two and a half and we still don't have any speech, but we're in all the, all the therapies. Like you said, he just he just got approved to be able to start pre-K at three. So that'll be great, you know, being in a special needs class. So
0: we're, yeah. you know,
2: really hoping that that helps feed him along, but it's always great to just be able to connect with other people to not feel alone, you know, in that because it is, it's different. It's a different experience as a parent
1: it's 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 a loneliness that I've never been able to convey. I even talk to my wife now about it. There's, I mean, even to this day, there's a level of this that's very isolating that you can't do anything about. You just feel very alone. Um, you know, just when you look at the rest of the world, everything's like
2: mm-hmm.
1: designed for all of these things that aren't related to you. I mean, you do get in the communities, but it can be very lonely. But it is good to have outreach and to have people there. But I will say... Are you getting any words at all now?
2: Um, we get, we know what they are, but like, you know, it's like little yeah. like, ba, ba, ba. Like, you know, he's saying like, you know, a ball. And, you know, this, the, you know, say, and we're, you know, trying to say a stick. It's like the littlest thing you can tell. We're very active and outdoors and busy all the time, but motor skills are so great, but we just are getting these little sounds, which is such progress for him. Because he wouldn't even look anybody in the face up until probably a few months ago, like zero, yeah. you know, eye contact avoiding and all that. So.
1: Yeah. I, I remember those days when miles was really young and only us and the family could understand what he was saying. And we, I still to this day have to kind of decode it will take two or three times and I'll be like, well, that's what he's saying. So, um, yeah. it's definitely been a residual, but, uh, so, um, I'm curious, to to Mm -hmm. kind of boil down exactly what you do, if I was to put you in front of a bunch of kids, a bunch of third graders at a career day at school, and one of the kids asked you, what do you do for a living, how would you answer them?
2: If I was in front of a bunch of third graders, I would say, I make everybody the healthiest they can with their mind and their body.
1: So let's go back to your childhood, and Mm -hmm. what did you want to be when you were in the third grade? What did you envision for your life?
2: I loved animals. That's always been a passion is animals. And so when I envisioned, I probably thought I would do something with animals, to be completely honest. Uh, and that's something that even I still have a great passion for animals and followed me, followed me through, but I just could not bring myself, I don't think, to do the hard things that it came with animals. Uh, even with therapy, you know, I think there's guiding some people and mentoring some others that choose or want to look into being therapist. it's one of those things we hear a lot of hard things, and you have to be willing to separate that from home and work, and if you can't, I think that's where a lot of burnout comes in, and so with me, I I personally felt that with animals. I'm like, I'm going to take a lot of that home, and I'm going to be really burnt out and emotionally drained all the time because I'm not going to be able to separate that, so with me knowing myself... (laughs)
1: Yeah, sure. Well, but the other part of what you do, too, is you still give a lot of yourself. So let's go back early in your life, and how did those seeds get in you of of wanting to be healthy and wanting to become who you are today? How did all of that happen?
2: I always grew up in a very active household. Um, We played sports. We were outdoors a lot, and just activity was always such a big part of who we were um, that I feel like it wasn't ever even an option to just you know sit around and do nothing we weren't sit around play video games do that type of family and I feel like I very much still live that same lifestyle um and so even when a light bulb went off in me when I decided to get healthy because I've lost about 45 pounds over 10 years ago and um I was like I'm just I'm so unhealthy. I had this moment where I was like, I can't even make it around the track without being winded. And I was like, well, you know, what happened? What happened in my life? When did this, when did I become this person? And so that's when I decided, you know, some big changes needed to be made. and And then I've been able to maintain that. And that's really driven me to help other people realize that, you know, you have to prioritize yourself. And now even becoming a mom, it's like helping so many other women. It's like you have to prioritize yourself before you can take care of everybody else, and that's from a physical and a mental perspective.
1: So, who has been consistently like a hero or a role model for you?
2: My grandmother, for sure. She is she is an extremely hard worker. She is so determined. You can't tell that lady is <laughs> no for anything, uh, but she instilled amazing work ethic her determination and then also just her love and her care that she has for other people is extraordinary
1: so if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend a little time with them who would you who would you like to meet and talk to
2: that's a hard question i think i would like to talk and meet with oprah (laughs) i think she if i grew up watching her And with my grandmother, and just as I've gotten older, digging and learning a little bit more about her story, I think she's overcame a lot of things. And just her ability to meet and talk with other people, even now, that's something I enjoy, connecting with others and finding out about their story. So,
1: Yeah, she has to be number one, the number one answer, her or Michelle Obama. And I've actually talked to a couple people that have met Oprah, and their first answer is, well, I've met Oprah, so... (laughs) So
2: oh they move God! On down the
1: line, yeah, yeah. There I'm nobody... reading
2: Michelle Obama's book right now, and it, she oh. has a very interesting life as well.
1: Oh yeah, yeah lot yeah. I didn't crazy. know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, the one thing that that ever, everybody gets up. We all have things we look forward to doing in our day. What is it that mm-hmm. motivates you? That gets you up, gets you moving, and gets you through your day?
2: Being an example, I want to be somebody that. It taking on that leadership role of being able to actually show you how I live my life instead of just talking about it. I think it's one thing to be able to help guide people on these are the things that they can be doing to be both physically and mentally well, but it's another thing to actually show them and to be living that myself. So that really motivates me.
1: So at the end of that proverbial day, how do you look back and say that worked, that was a good day?
2: For me, if I was, Present with my kids, if I actually took that time to really give them that undivided attention, if I got in self-care, which for me is nutritionally taking care of myself and working out, if I am able to have helped somebody else and got things done on my personal list as far as professionally goes, I'm like, okay, it's been a good day. I filled a lot of, I call them buckets, even when I'm working with clients, I filled a lot of buckets And everything may not be perfect, but I got something done in each of those core areas for myself.
1: What has been one of the best client responses, fan letters, you've ever gotten for the work you've done?
2: It has to come from the women that tell me how much that they have changed their life and they're able to actually be active with their kids and be present. They have energy. They're able to do activities with them. And then even being able to see how it's changed the rest of their family their kids being healthy, their partners being healthy, and that means a lot to me.
1: So everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, your clients, but ultimately you live your life. What's your perception Mm -hmm. of you? Who do you think you are?
2: Oh, gosh. I think everybody sees me as very, um, they see me as strong, and they see me as somebody that doesn't have a lot of these weaknesses or struggles, and I see myself as somebody that's also very real and struggles and being able to try to convey that to other people is that it's, we got, we all have our things that we go through and I, I'm a real person. So like, even with, so with me, it's just, I think that's hard to fix. I may always, I hear from clients all the time. like, you always have it so together. No, I don't. I am not together. It's just doing one thing at a time that I can, that's moving me in the right direction. And that's all we can each do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Sasha, so if anyone out there wants to learn more about you, hire you, see anything that, you know, your, your services, anything related to your world, mm-hmm. where do
2: they go? So on Facebook, it's Sasha Rogers, um, health and fitness coach. And then on Instagram, my handle is at Stacia underscore fit counselor. So,
1: hey, thank you for opening up. I really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Thank you. I appreciate
2: it.
0: Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and so much more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can also find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.